gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? You're talking to two guys from Hialeah and West Kendall, and one with a Raleigh Fingers mustache, so I think you're good. <laughs> Ricky Vaughn style, baby. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flips their bat like that in a single. I'm here for A guy it. that's hitting 200, bro. Listen, you paid $5 for your ticket, even if you're sitting behind home plate. Get, get, get paid a big bucks. He knows a little better than I do. Uh, and he's very handsome. So handsome. Super Great. handsome. Your expectations as a Marlins fan should have changed by now. All the feels, man. Like, I love Papito so much. It depends on what you give up. Man. I don't like that question, Danny. I, I, oh. I, don't, I don't. Why would you let me see it if I can't have it? Like, I feel like the Marlins. Starting staff has looked so much better. Uh, All three of them. I'm you believe this one, guys. I believe. I believe. The Marlins have the worst run differential in the national. League. Oh man, now this 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 was the wrong choice. But I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome everybody to episode number thirty-two of the Battered Marlins podcast. I am your host Daniel Gunlan. Alongside me, I have two other battered fans. Let's go from left to right. Cali, how are you doing, sir? I'm uh, I'm doing okay, man. A little a little tired, but. Uh... But we're here, man. We're here. We're marching through. I'm, I'm as anxious as ever, anybody about this offseason and everything going on. But, of course, we're going to dive into that. I'm rocking the uh, Beloit Skycarp hat with the weight Love loss. It. The hat is fucking huge on me now, but that's a good <laughs> problem to have. So if you anybody wants that, seven five-eighths, might get a that's free a, one. Off. That's a big-ass hat. You know who yeah. is not tired? Everybody that works in the Martin's front office because they're doing absolutely nothing. They're just chilling. They are just chilling. They're not doing anything. They are very well rested. Branton, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. We're, what, 26 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. So I am doing fantastic. Is, Is there any other team that made the playoffs last year that did not try to improve their team to take the next step? Because I can't think of any. I, I don't think there's any team in Major League Baseball, aside from the Marlins, who has not taken a step to improve themselves. Yeah, we're the we're still the only team that has not signed a free agent. That is that yeah. is that's just ridiculous. honestly impressive. It's honestly impressive. It's 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 you know what? Like I wish there was other options for somebody like to come by and just redo this whole front office and just take a different approach. But well, I that, think that's, that's what's happening. Case. And I think that's part of the reason why we haven't signed anybody. Oh, come on. But I, I mean, want to win. Look at, if we want to look at offseason signing in terms of our front office, we've made plenty. Yeah. We got Bendix. We've we got spent Rachel. money there. Yeah, I got Bendix, got Who's Rachel. Some- we got some some other people that whose names escape me who are, are going to have z- almost zero impact about what happens on the field. But, yeah, no, but in terms of guys that – you know, put on the uniform and, and step into the box or dig into the rubber. We got nothing. Right. Well, uh, as far as prospects go, I know we were having a conversation about some top prospects. Uh, maybe Callie, you'd like to shine some light on this because you were telling me about the, these two top prospects that we have here that ranked in the top 10. Yeah. It's, it's about that time of the year where, uh, you know, the, the prospect rankings come out, the end of the year prospect, prospect rankings. Now with the turn of the new year, um, our very own noble Meyer, 19 years old. He was our first, he was our first pick in last year's draft, um, in the top 10 for, uh, he's at number 10, but number 10 for right-handed pitchers. And there's, there's some dogs at the top of this list and like Paul Skeens, mm-hmm. Andrew Painter, 
you know, uh, Rhett Louder, a couple of those other guys that are, that are just absolute animals. Um, and then for the left-handed pitcher, uh, our other first round pick, Thomas White at seven, which is impressive. And again, just some, some dogs up there in, in Harrison, Tideman, Snelling, Schultz, Weisenhut. There's, you know, some, some big, big boys there with, uh, with a lot of, uh, a lot of money in their pocket, but that's encouraging. So we have two, you know, our two youngest arms in the system at this point, um, both cracking the top 10. You know, they're, they're only 19, so we, we probably won't see them in the bigs for at least another, you know, I'd say probably two, two years. Two, three years. Yeah, but yeah, encouraging. I don't know, man. This is rough. Brighton, I've heard that everybody <sighs> is an option for other teams to ask for except for Yuri and um, Sandy. Maybe. Everybody else, literally Arise, Jazz, everybody's an option. Yeah. Are you surprised that there it seems to me that that statement seems like it's a full rebuild move? So I the reason I don't think it's going to it's like a full rebuild or rebuild mode is because like Lazardo was very clearly on the block. And I believe we had some real serious conversations with the Yankees and we didn't feel like we were getting anything back that would help us. And I, I think part of that is like we're not just looking for prospects. Like we're looking for guys who are either close to major league ready that could come up at some point this season or are major league ready. Um, so I think if we wanted to just trade Lizardo for a bunch of unproven prospects, we would have done it already. I'm, I'm sure the Marlins got deals where we could have just gotten prospects in return. And I don't think that's the intention. I think when you bring back like Bell and Berger and these guys, like I think your intention is to be somewhat competitive this year, but um, still plan for the future. So I, I just, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not a full blown rebuild. Um, and I think we have, uh, I think Peter went on the record saying that it's not a full blown rebuild. He's just, Retooling Peter Bendix, things not, not yeah. Peter Pratt. No, Peter Pratt said both things, and and <laughs> you know he stimulates the conversation and gets everybody thinking because, God bless him, he's doing a daily Marlins podcast, and there's absolutely nothing to talk about. Poor guy, bless the Scouser's soul. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of Lazardo, so. I happened to infiltrate uh, another team's uh, Discord, and I was talking to some of the, some of these guys. You guys probably have an idea of what team this is. Um, so they're talking about how Lazardo is a real real target for them, and this is for the Baltimore Orioles. So I started digging. I started looking at some, like their farms. Their their farm system's absolutely fucking loaded, and I'm not saying this mm -hmm. because. I have a newfound allegiance towards the Orioles. I'm saying because this actually would make a lot of sense for both teams. So what the Marlins need is you, you basically need another corner outfielder to replace solar and a guy, hopefully with power numbers. Now the Marlins are clearly not going to go into the free agent market and, and find that guy. Right. They're like, there, there's no 25, 30 home runs that we're going to find for on, on a dime for, you know, in the free agent market. However, the Orioles have three guys that I think fit the mold and well, people on the Orioles side of things seem to think this makes a lot of sense too. So Baltimore would get Lazardo, which apparently I, I if from everything I'm seeing and everything I'm reading, 
it makes a lot of sense that Lazardo's out. And and everything that mm-hmm. we've heard, you know, the the again, what I heard, you know, don't fall in love with anybody. Everyone's on the table. You know, the you know, Lazardo seems to be very high on the list. And and obviously because he has probably the most value in our staff outside of Yuri and and uh and Sandy right now. But Orioles get uh Lazardo, Marlins get Hessen Kirstad. Uh he's an out uh lefty outfielder that hits for power. Kobe Mayo, uh he's a corner infield guy and Joey Ortiz who probably walks in and is our shortstop next year. So I, I you know, take I, that trade. I'd take it in a heartbeat. There are three young guys controllable They're, I'd say two of them are big league ready. And one is almost there, which I think if Marlins, if, if we're staying true to what the Marlins usually do and, and of course it, that's tough to say now because we have bendix but you know we want to get we want to trade off those higher value contracts for guys who can who we can kind of throw into the bigs see if they see if they stick and kind of see how how they do in terms so of what, what both teams needs and what both teams typically look for i think this is a, this would be a trade that makes a lot of sense for both teams so one thing i want to i want to like just brainstorm between you guys is if we make this trade, obviously we're including Cali in this deal because for those that don't know, <laughs> Cali is moving to Baltimore uh-huh. at some point this summer. So I want to know what we're going to get back in return and what we have to, if we package <laughs> you and Avi Garcia in that deal, can we still get those three prospects or do we have to only pick two? <laughs> no, I, I think honestly, you know, they'd probably take me digging into the box before they, they want Avi Garcia. I think they <laughs> I think they actually let me get a few at bats before. How they... long is Avi Garcia's uh oh, God, I think we've got him. Whatever whatever it is, whatever they are paying or however amount of time they have he signed a four year deal. So but he this is gonna be year three now with Avi, yeah. I believe. Yep, 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 and then there's a club option in 2026. Uh, there's no way the club picks up the option. No, zero percent chance the club picks up the option. God, I uh, hope not. <laughs> yeah, I see the kiss of death. Um, I agree, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, Cali is worth a lot. I don't more, know. Yeah. Those are three pretty good prospects. Is is there a reason why <laughs> we're all okay with giving up on Lazardo? Is it because is is it because of his inconsistencies? Because I feel yeah. like whenever I mention I it to a Marlins so. fan, like ah, it would probably take Lazardo to get blanks back, and everybody's like, "I'd do it." And it's like we we don't so, value Lazardo like we do Braxton we, or obviously Sandy and Yuri. We we don't. Um, but now, I don't think anybody at, else values Braxton. Nobody's yeah, calling and, and that, giving a big package for Braxton. Like, yeah, the thing is, what Lazardo's at his peak value right now, right? So that's why yeah. it's kind of like. If we're going to ship someone off, that one makes the most sense because you're going to get the most return. And again, our pitching rotation is deep enough that, yeah, losing Lazardo would hurt, but it wouldn't be crippling. Now, who do you Lizardo, think is more important to our staff? Because I think it's Braxton. Yeah, Bra- I mean, Braxton to me, and I've said this a million times, Braxton to me was the most consistent pitcher in the, in the, on the 100%. team. 100%. Yeah. But Lazardo, by every metric from when he came from what he did in Oakland until he came to the Marlins, he's improved in every single metric by a wide, wide margin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his walks dropped drastically. 
Um, his strikeouts inc- increased drastically. Uh, um, well, you know, and there's guys still weren't really hitting him of... hard, you know, and he's he's still he's still young. He's you know he's he's got for a bigger market. He's gonna be a team friendly contract because he mm-hmm. doesn't demand a ton of money, and he's a guy that's talent. That's why if anyone on the staff aside from Yuri and, and Sandy is gonna go, it's gonna be Lazardo because the Marlins yeah. don't want to pay him. And someone else will pay him at his peak value for less money than they'd get for someone else in that. Well, that and like here, like he's we're asking him to be the ace, really, if he comes back for next season at least. Yeah. And like if he goes to a bigger market like Baltimore, like honestly, he probably slots in like number three, maybe number two in the rotation, depending on how some things shake out. But um, you know, I'd say he's, so, I'd say he's three. He's he'd be three there right now. Yeah. In most rotations, like in big market teams, I think he'd probably be number three. Um, but, you know, I also, like, agree with you. Like, it's because he has the most most return value. Like, Braxton is my favorite pitcher on the the staff right now because, I mean, obviously Sandy's out. But um, I think he he's a huge part of why we made the playoffs last year. He was our ace down the stretch, but other teams don't value that um, because he's he did it this year and that's it. So if we get like two or three more years of Braxton being like he was last year, I think at that point we're maybe talking about, okay, Braxton has the value and we can trade him for prospects. But I think uh, Lazardo gets us our best return. Eddie Cabrera is probably for... second because there's a lot of people that really have hope that they can fix him. <laughs> the yeah, I mean he, he man the way he's his strikeout numbers are very impressive, but his walk numbers yeah. are also very impressive. So it's like it's wild. Any hope, Crank? I know you've been on this train for a while on Tim Anderson. I just was reading a story about him. His wife just announced his so. third baby after like having yeah. a baby out of wedlock and. Like he's got yeah. a lot going on in his personal life. I don't think so. Um, no. You know, I think I think if we were going to do that, I think he's already at the point in free agency where he's going to come cheap. Somebody's going to pick him up cheap, and I think I can't we be probably would have because I think I, I really do think that in the Lazardo trade, we're going to get back a shortstop. We're going to get back somebody who can play that shortstop position. And if you can get a young controllable guy, it's a lot better than getting a Tim Anderson. I like Tim Anderson. Had... I think him and jazz on the same team would be so awesome. But uh, if he does come here, I would guess it's probably like a mid of middle of spring training, like somebody got hurt, so let's get somebody type of deal. I, I don't think he's a like serious target for for Bendrix right now. If if you guys had to put money on one player that will not be here by the time spring training starts, mm, who would it be? One. Um, aside from Lozardo or including Lozardo. Including Lazardo, because I'm gonna go with Lazardo. I guess aside from Lazardo, because I think we might all go Lazardo. Yeah, for me, the easiest choice is is Lazardo. Um, before the deadline, before the spring training starts. While you think about that, did you guys hear that Solar might end up on the Mets? That would suck, huh? That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all like so. really strongly connected to the Mariners. Like, I hope he goes over there. Like, go somewhere nah, where I can. Still I'm hearing that the Mets are fucking... the Mets are are poking around. Fuck that. Um, I think um, 
if it's not unpopular it's, opinion, it's a rise. I was gonna say a rise, <laughs> but I think they ride him out. I, I was gonna say if you're telling me the all-star break, my answer is a rise. Um oh, yeah, all right. Uh, the whole arbitration nightmare that happened there, like, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, if if you're telling me, I would start the season. I think it's one of the pitchers, man. Um, if it's not Lazardo, I'd I'd probably bet it's Rogers that's gone. I think Rogers over Eddie. I think Cabrera would. I be. think Cabrera I think, also. I think Rogers yeah. gets more value right now just you because. Do. Of, Cabrera's I don't know. He missed this. most of last season injured. I don't know that we get a whole lot back. He would be he's, a guy that if he stays healthy to the deadline, the I could see somebody Rogers, making a move. Rogers being a lefty, just, uh, it's just the baseball thing. Like lefties are just going to bring more. People love lefties. Yeah. Cabrera, Cabrera, if Cabrera cuts his walk numbers in half, which is still wouldn't be great. Cabrera, which still wouldn't be great walk numbers, his value skyrockets. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I forget what episode it was, but you remember we were all watching the game live, and Cabrera was on there. We were talking how good he was pitching, and it was like the fifth inning started, and he had struck out like two innings in a row, set the batters down in a row, and then he got to that fifth inning, and he just walked like eight guys. <laughs> that, 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 like if you could your, just not do that, that's typical. That's <laughs> typical. All right. Well. uh Fish on the Farms, Alex Carver has joined us, and we is. are very happy to have you join us. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, you are currently on mute. What's up, boys? How are we doing? Sorry I'm late. What's going on? Oh, all good. Hey, man. Talk- Welcome aboard. Talking about the lack of movement in the offseason. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I know everybody expected him more and more, but I mean, this is what the direction seems to be. It seems to be hold on to what you got and try to get some guys on the low and build from within. That's kind of what it seems to be to me. We're not even getting guys on the low though. We're just not getting anybody. I know. I know. I know. I understand. But, um, (laughs) you know, they they trust the talent they have within. And I think that they do have talent here. Uh, I know that if you look at minor league reports of top systems, the Marlins aren't one of them. Uh, But I think with the player development people that they're bringing in, they they think that the talent that they have, they can build up. So whether we agree with that or not, I think that's what they think. Um, I don't think this is going to be done in one offseason. I think this is going to be a long-term project. Um, And that's that's kind of the direction that this is going to go. They're they're bringing in multiple people for player development, I think, for a very good reason. The Marlins know that they're not going to be a $100 million payroll. They know they need to build from within, and I think this is going to be the start of that. I think 2024 is going to be very transitionary for the Marlins. Um, I think that there's not going to be a lot of Ws on the board, less than last year, I would say, in my opinion. But ah, What the fuck? We'll see. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of where they're at, is that they know that they need to get back to the drawing board of kind of becoming that that internal development system that they were in the past and that they want to get back to in the future. So that, that's, that's where they're at. Uh, I wasn't really too terribly surprised to see them not go after a lot of high price guys. I didn't expect that. I know a lot of fans wanted that after getting to the playoffs and wanting to kind of do more in the playoffs is understandable, but I think this is a different direction under Bendix. And I think that's what we're seeing. All right. So it, it, in spirit of that, and th- this is something we were kind of talking about pre-show who are some guys that maybe weren't on the big league roster last year that, that might get a real good shot to, to, you know, be on the roster to get on the lineup this year. Yeah. I think you have to address those guys that are really close. Right. Um, like I know they didn't, didn't, didn't protect Johnston. Um, you know, they have room to, 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 to fill at first base. Right. 
Um, so I definitely think he's going to get a good shot, even though they didn't protect him. He doesn't have to get a shot. Technically, he could go to Rule 5 again next year, right? And maybe nobody else would get him then anyways. But I think he's going to get a chance. I think Victor Mesa Jr. was added to the 40-man roster for a reason. I don't think they're going to waive him. I think that he's going to get pushed as well and probably get a shot at some point this year. I don't think they're going to wave him off. I think he's going to get a shot. If they wave him off, he's going to get claimed by somebody else. So um, I think he's going to get a chance as well. Um, another guy that I would say, because the Marlins need pitching, as you guys know, I think Monteverde is going to get his chance as well. Uh, you, yeah. don't have guys like, you don't have guys <laughs> like Dan Castano anymore. You don't have guys you know, like that that can, that can come in and fill space. Um, and you're going to need guys that don't just fill space, but that can also maybe stick around. And I think that Monteverde has the makeup as a guy who doesn't throw very hard that can stick around and stay healthy and at least fill innings. Uh, are there going to be quality innings? That's the question. But I think that's going to be a guy that they need to eat innings in whatever regard that may be. So those are three guys that I think you're going to see at some point oh, in 2024. Brighton, you just made Brighton's oh. night. He's been talking Monteverde nonstop. I've been calling for him since last season. <laughs> I, as we were losing pitchers, I was like, bring him up. He can yeah. eat up some innings. He needs the experience. Yeah. Oh. I, I I hope he gets a shot because I, I really do think that he can contribute to the, to the team and and maybe he's not the flashiest guy but I do think he can be a solid like end of the rotation type guy um, yeah. and just eat up innings we don't have to have so many bullpen days next year yeah yeah it's all those forty man guys you know like I said Mason Junior I know Troy's not yeah. there but I think he will be um, and then Monteverdi I know he's not there right now but I think he will be as well so before they you know before they 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 look for 40 man space and get rid of a guy like Victor. I, I think that, you know, he doesn't have to come up. They could just keep him on the 40 man all year. But I think that if he shows well enough in double AA, a triple a, that he'll get a shot. I think Monteverde will get a shot. Um, I think, um, I think Troy will get his shot eventually as well to come up and do something. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to those guys that I think are, are, are really close here to making a big league impact that, that need to either get a shot or, or not be here anymore. Uh, Mesa jr. Is, is the one that I would say it would excite most fans as kind of that top prospect guy. But I really do. I think that he could get a chance this year if he continues to show the swing that he showed last year, uh, maybe come by a little bit more average. I think that he, he will get his chance in 2024 for sure. Uh, now that we have Bendix, do you think there's going to be any difference between the way Kim ran the, the minor leagues, the, the farm system and the way Bendix is going to run it? Yeah, I think absolutely there will be. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, you could just see by all the people that are being brought in, right? They're bringing in all these people that have an analytical or player development mindset. Um, with Kim, um, at times it wasn't like that. She tried to start to do it. But then, I mean, we also had Don Mattingly as a coach for a long time, right? So he's not analytical. He's he's a, he's a baseball guy. He's, he's yeah. not analytical. Donnie baseball. Denbo isn't very analytical, right? So he has some analytical mindset, but not a lot. So I think that with the people that are being brought in, these younger mindsets, um, you know, Kapler and Malkovich and people like this that are, that are kind of being brought in that are younger mindset that have that player development capacity and experience in player development, um, I think it's going to build well around what Hector Crespo is doing, who is great with player development. He's been here for a little while. He's been great for player development. Um, and I'm glad that he's still here, but he needed a staff around him. And I think now he's got superiors and subordinates that are being put in place that will help him very well with player development. So I think it's going to be much different. Um, I, what I hope to see is a um, is an, a, a bigger impact on offense, right? You know, the Marlins were good at developing pitching. They had all these pitchers that were coming up. A lot of them got hurt, um, which it's not their fault, but they were very good at developing pitching. Um, a lot of those pitching development guys are still here. 
But when it comes to developing offense, I think that they have decent, younger, analytically minded people in place that are going to be good for offensive development. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> so fun fact, actually, before I get a second into it, Hector Crest was actually a really good friend of mine. Uh, grew up playing together. His dad coached me. Um, you know, known him a little, he's a really, really good guy. Great baseball mind. So that's really cool. Um, so uh, just move on from that. I just wanted to ask a shameless plug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, so what can we expect the impact of, of, of Rachel Bargovich to, to be here within the club? Yeah, this is kind of remains to be seen. And I saw this question when you guys sent it to me and I was like, this is going to be a tough question to answer. Um, what I would say is it's a big jump. Uh, I mean, she's going from being, and I know she has a lot of experience. She's been in baseball for a while, but she's 35 years old. She's a year younger than me. Um, so well, actually I think she was born the same year as me, if so I'm not mistaken, but yeah, anyways, um, what I mean to say is that this is a big jump from going to be, from being a single a manager, uh, where there's a lot of movement and you're, you have a lot of different guys. She's going to be in charge of a lot more than that with the Marlins in overseeing an entire staff, uh, a lot more development than just 27, 28 guys, 30 guys that are on a minor league roster. It's a really, really big jump for her, um, and I think it's going to take some adjusting for her to fully get used to exactly the full scope of the role. That being said, I don't think she's not a fit for it. I think that the analytical mindset will play well for her. Um, I know in the past there's been some slight concerns, or not really concerns, but just some slight, you know, oh, why did she make that call in that time frame, or what, what was with that call that she made during that game? So kind of like game management stuff doesn't really go into player development. So it's not really a concern for me. What I would say overall is that she does have the experience necessary, but I think it will take a little bit of a learning process for her to understand the full scope of the role and fully get used to it. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how she adjusts to a much larger role. Um, that is, that is my main, my main question about her is like, you're going from being a single A manager where you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're literally just managing the Tampa Tarpons and now you're in charge of literally a full minor league system with hundreds of guys. So it's, it's going to be, uh, I think a, an adjustment process for her, but I think the background is good. Um, and I'm hoping for the best for her. I'm looking forward to meeting her this spring. I think it's going to be fun. Awesome. Uh, and and in, in the spirit of that, um, what do you think is gonna, is the ambition now for the, for the minor league system? Like what, what are the focuses that, that they're going to try and develop and, and bring up and what is it exactly they're looking for? Yeah, I think the the um, the ambition for like the perfect player or model player that they want to see is a guy with a winning attitude. They've preached that through the minor leagues for years, uh, even though it's the minor leagues and there's focus on development. They also want to focus on maintaining that winning culture and bring that winning culture to the major leagues. So it's not just a guy that can go out there and, and do what needs, he needs to do for him. That, of course, is important in the minor leagues. And that's what we always hear is, oh, yeah, minor leagues don't matter for winter losses. Minor leagues matter for development of the player. And that is true. But I also think that there is a lot to say about reading winning culture. And if you're talking about a feeder system that is going to be able to contribute to Major League Baseball someday for the same club, that's going to be something that they draw an impact from. So you saw the Pensacola Blue Wahoos do it. They've had winning seasons the last two years. Um, the Shrimp have had decent seasons in, in years past. I think that winning culture, I'm not saying put all of your stock into wins and losses in the minor league level. But I think just watching and seeing guys going out there and not giving up in the seventh inning, not giving up in the sixth inning when you're down by six runs or four runs or whatever it may be, that's going to say a lot to this team. They want guys that have a winning mindset that they know are going to contribute to a winning culture in the future. So it's not only about 
developing players as players, but it's about developing them, developing them as winners. And I think that that is a big aspect to what this organization is going to see and want to see out of players uh, for traits for players. If you want to ask me about that, obviously you want five tools, right? That's what everybody wants, but that doesn't happen with every single player. Uh, what you really want to see out of players though is not as much swing and miss. That is number one. The Marlins swing and miss way too much at the minor league level. That is across all levels. They swing and miss way, way too much. Um, what you also want to see is taking what you can get. I think a lot of times in the minor league level with previous development systems, it was a lot about swinging for the fences, um, not taking what you can get, not sticking your bat out and taking that base hit, but more so just trying to go out there and mash the ball because you're down by three runs late in the game or whatever it may be. Um, I really think they're just going to take take a look at guys and want to acquire guys. And they've already started doing it, like, you know, mm-hmm. that, that just take what they can get. You see with Xavier Edwards. Xavier Edwards doesn't strike out at all, right? He doesn't strike out at all. He takes what he can get, and he lets his speed go to work for him on the bases. That is a good model for a minor league baseball player that the Marlins will want to bring up to the major leagues. He's a very good model for it. So players like that, that contribute to a winning culture, take what they can get, um, know what their tools are, know how they can be further developed, and understand – that, hey, I'm not good here, but here's where I'm going to make up for that. It's kind of the modicum of a player that they would want. Um, just don't, do, don't don't try to do too much. And understanding analytics, I think, will help players with that. I think that that's, that's most major leagues or minor leagues now, right? I think we're going back. It was long ball driven for the last decade, and I think they're going back to the, mm-hmm. to the, the bat on ball. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, did you have something? No, I was just gonna kind of okay. comment that I, I did, I'm I'm excited to see that the the direction that the minor minor league system moves in. Um, anybody who listens to the show knows I, I try and follow. I probably watch more minor league baseball than I do major league baseball uh, on a day in and day out basis, just because uh, I like to see the guys develop and I like to see the. You can kind of showcase some guys a little bit more in the minors than you do in the majors because just because, you know, like watching Yuri pitch in Pensacola was so cool and watching that's where I found Monteverde and I was like, this guy is, deserves his shot too. So um, just excited to see the direction that it goes in uh, and kind of bringing the modernizing the farm system and instead of using it like to trade out, let's develop these guys. And I really hope um i i god we we have to figure out how to develop bats <laughs> and, and hopefully hopefully uh Benix has the has the key for that <laughs> uh real quick i just want to address uh loud miami fan thank you for joining us he said does the panel take back any misogynistic comments about the franchise when kim was fired i don't know what panel exactly you're talking about i don't know if you're talking about us or just in general people saying that i don't remember um, any misogynistic comments uh, we so, pretty much um, all cried when that happened. Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> I don't know we, what you're we, talking us, about. We, we didn't want to see Kim go. Um, yeah, I'm going to be quite frank right here. I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> um, I know the other, I know all people on Battered Marlins very, very well. They're close personal friends, and, you know, that's not some shit we stand for. So I don't know where those thoughts or ideas are coming from. They're, you can watch every yeah. second of fucking tape we've had. There's nothing yeah, misogynistic that's been said. I don't so. know if he's talking about us as a panel or, or what, but no, that's it. Was, it, it, was, it, it, was, it wasn't us, if, if that's no. Yeah, I name. mean, just to speak on, on behalf, I mean, it's my first time on this show, which again, thank you guys for having me on. It's been great so far. Yeah. But just to just to, to clarify on our side too, for Fish on First, uh, we had multiple shows. Uh, we had multiple discussions uh, when Kim was, uh, when they parted ways with Kim. 
Um, we were all surprised about it. We, we didn't really see it coming. It's just a different direction. The, the, the front office wanted to go in a different direction and Kim wanted to go in a different direction. And sometimes that's how things happen and that's okay. Um, we all enjoyed Kim's tenure here. She's a very, very nice person. Always happy to answer questions. Uh, great with us as media, great with fans as well. Uh, we have fish on first just to speak on behalf of my colleagues never had a bad word to say about Kim. So I don't uh, chase. I don't know where you're getting that from. I don't know if that's directed at a certain person or whatever it may be. No, he's saying um, that it was just the fans in general. Oh, fans. Yeah. Maybe, I can't maybe, speak to that, but maybe, yeah, maybe people on Twitter spending yeah. too much time on Twitter, yeah. man. That, that place no, is a when, cesspool. I guess when, when you said panel, right? <laughs> yeah. I was confused. Thought, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So he, he meant uh, just the fans in general. All right. Uh, Alex, if you had a wish list for 2024, talking about just the Marlins in general, I know, I know you said it's it's low money, but if we had a wish list that was realistic, what would it be? Uh, draft better. That's my answer okay. to your question. <laughs> yeah, uh, they need to draft better. Right that's, that's realistic. That's realistic. <laughs> that's my that's my answer to your question. Uh, these first round picks, man. Uh, DJ Svelik, super nice guy. Just just I, I was all about him in 2020 when he got the pitchers in 2020. You got Dax, you got Meyer. I was all about it, man. He drafted pitching. The Marlins developed the pitching. Dax got hurt. Meyer got hurt. It happens. But before they got hurt, they were good, right? And I liked what I yep. saw from Dax. Despite being slightly out of shape, I liked what I saw from Dax uh, this past spring. And then he got injured, right? So, um, yeah, no. Uh, draft better is my answer to your question. Um, that's 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 really what I would say on my on my side um is what what they kind of what i kind of want to see this year um when we embark on july uh that's kind of what really what i want to see is that whoever takes up that that mantle uh is yeah. able to to do something a little bit more impactful uh for the marlins where are they picking like 16th or something i forget what pick they have but yeah they're picking yeah. kind of later this yeah. year but you know what i mean yeah yeah now i think in, that's in, good in, ambitions in, uh, have in light of the in light of the draft, it was something we were talking about before you came on. Um, with the new prospect rankings that came out, we saw Noble Meyer ranked tenth for right-handed pitchers, and ta- and uh, ta- wait, and uh, Michael White, right? So, Thomas, uh, Thomas White. Thomas White. Yeah, Thomas White. Thomas White. Thomas White. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting wrong. Dolphin, uh, Miami-based uh, ball throwers confused. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's ranked seventh. Um, I know the timetable is you know definitely further down the road for them than, you know, anything immediate, but that it's at least encouraging that we're, we're seeing guys kind of pop back into, you know, top prospect rankings. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's going to come down to the draft. <laughs> uh, really. And also this international class, I really like Kova uh, from what I hear and see of him. I think he's probably, if, if I'm not, if I'm not being too ambitious about Luis Kova um, and this maybe will speak to the, the uh, the thinness that the Marlins have currently with offensive talent, uh, projectable offensive talent in the pipeline. Um, I think Kova is probably going to come in as the top rated offensive talent in the system. Um, and Already? we probably won't see Kova until 2028, maybe. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be between him and VMJ. Um, I would probably say, you know, it, it's it's going to be one of those two. Uh, that's kind of what we're going to probably talk about when we do our rankings at Fish on First. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Kova is is going to be a guy that is strongly considered as the best offensive talent. Um, I think Meyer will still ma- uh, Noble Meyer that is will still maintain top prospect prospect status going into 2024 as long as they don't make any other moves. I'm just talking about current state. Um, I really like Noble Meyer. I was there with along with Kevin for his first uh, couple of starts. Kevin was at his first. I was at uh, his first two, and then I was at. 
uh, one of the games he pitched for Jupiter. Um, dude just says the right things, man. Knows he has stuff to work on. Knows he ain't perfect. Knows he has to develop his change up a little bit better. Knows he has to develop the slider a little bit better for sure. Um, but definitely has that really good curveball, really good fastball, um, and can kind of get away with not having all of his stuff at uh, all at one time, even at such a low level. So um, when you see that and you see a great attitude from a great kid, um, I think it's gonna. I think this guy's gonna be really good. Um, and I think that the Marlins are gonna take it very easy with him. Uh, but I think he's going to be back at Jupiter this year. And I definitely think he could go up to his highest high A um, in 2024. So I'm really looking forward to the progression of Noble just because he has a lot of the right stuff. He says a lot of the right stuff. Uh, his work ethic is good. And I really like that kid uh, for white. It's lefty. Uh, I didn't get to see him in person. I actually planned to see him in person. And the funny story is that the day that I was supposed to go, they had a rain out the day before. So they played a back to back. I was expecting Thomas to pitch the second mm -hmm. game and he pitched the first game and I was late getting there. So mm -hmm. I did not get to see Thomas White in person in the FCL <laughs> this year, but I think he will be with Jupiter this year. Um, it's a funky lefty arm angle. I think he has a really high, high arm slot, um, which I think kind of fools guys with, with the stuff that he has from the video that I've seen. So I, I like Thomas White. Um, I think the stuff plays as well. Um, haven't gotten to talk to him, so I can't tell you about personality profile or work ethic, but I think the stuff plays, and I think he's going to be very good as well. And so what you were saying These two earlier, kids are the, definitely... Marlins, the Marlins have yeah, the 16th pick. The 16th yeah, pick, I, I think it's sixteen. You were correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, something like that. That's what I thought I heard. But yeah, so yeah, lower pick, but <sighs> I, I liked what they did this past year with Noble in the first round. We'll see what they do this year. But yeah, that's I do like Noble and Thomas. And uh, we'll see how they continue to get better in the drafts in July this year. That's definitely going to be an eye-opener for sure, how they do in this coming draft. Yeah, I was scared to death when they were picking. I was like, God, don't pick a bat. <laughs> please. Please don't take a position player. So hopefully that changes. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, they, they just spent a lot of money on, on these high school kids, right? Um, it's kind of the main yeah. thing. Uh, they spent a lot of the pool on the high school kids. But they did get two very good ones. Um, I think they're both very, very projectable. Um, so I, I mean, I've been wrong about high school picks before, but I think that these kids are going to be, to be pretty solid, uh, just because they're, they're already so advanced at such a young age from what I can see. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think that they're, they're good. Uh, wanted to touch on the, the content creators tournament that you guys had, uh, one, oh, yeah, thank awesome. you for including us. That was awesome. It's really cool how you guys got people invested into the Marlins in a, in a, as lackluster of a january as there could possibly be but there was a little buzz at least on marlin's twitter so i want to give you a shout out for that and uh and th is this something that you guys usually do i mean we're new to the whole obviously podcasting and twitter world for the marlin so yeah no well congrats first of all for making it as, as far as you guys did it was great um i was happy to, to put your guys's name in in round after round after round for as long as i did all the way up to the elite eight and i will be sending you guys your t-shirt so keep an eye out for that um, what I would say overall is that, yeah, we do that. We've been doing this every year. This is our fourth time doing it. Um, it's just really fun. It's just something to, especially during a slow off season that the Marlins have had, or even if it's a busier off season, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just fun, uh, to, to, to count down these winter months leading up to baseball season to keep the hype up, hype up on Twitter around the Marlins and just really bring community together and, and, and make this more of a community than anything where, where fans are comfortable talking to each other. Right. So I think it opens conversation between not only fans, but members of media, um and stuff like that so i think it's i think it's definitely really cool we'll just make some friends follow some new accounts it's, it's just something we've done every year we have new people in there every year some repeat contestants but i try to include some new people every year we've had a new champion every year we'll have a new champion this year uh, i'll be posting up the final four tomorrow 
Um, and nice. then we'll be doing the uh, the championship over the weekend. So uh, we'll see who wins overall. But it's not about winning. It's just about really bringing bringing everybody together, getting over the, oh, the slow winter months. We're all about winning, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We kind of we kind of ran into uh, we ran into a bit of a gauntlet, and then we 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 uh, yeah. you know, and we were we were kind of shocked to make it as far as we did. If we're oh yeah, it was very it was very very cool. It was very and cool. then we, we ran boats. into the. We ran into the the Chase Buzzsaw, Buzzsaw there and just got absolutely <laughs> yeah. smoked. Yeah, he's done a lot of campaigning, man. Ooh. Credits to him. He's done a lot of campaigning. Yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's been our most successful year this so far this year has been like the most votes that we've ever gotten, the most engagement that we've ever gotten around it. So as long as they keep getting engagements, I'll keep doing it. We'll do it again next year. For sure. All right, and if we before we let you go, we one last oh before we get out of here, one last question that our guy Spazzy that's usually on with us. Wanted to make sure that we got out there because this is his forte. He loves to ask this question of everybody. What is your go-to food and beverage when at the ballpark? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so um, I no, – no, no discredit to the Marlins, but I usually actually go down when I'm covering a game or even if I'm there as a fan. But when I'm covering a game, I usually also go down and don't get the press food because I really like the food at the concessions. Uh, I'm usually a change-up guy, to be honest with you. Um, I like to get the unique kind of foods. I like to get those those kind of things. If I don't do that, um, I'm usually there during, like, the late afternoon or day games, like Saturday, Sunday games. Um, so I'll usually eat, like, first thing at the ballpark on Saturday. I'll go grab something for the 6 o'clock start. Or for the daytime start, I'll just go grab it, like, middle of the game. I really like the ceviche stand. The ceviche stand is sick, man. Um, that may be a, uh, a unique uh, ballpark food item, but I really yeah, like the ceviche yet. at Lone Depot Park. I think it's really good. It's always really wow. light. It's always refreshing. And it's always really good. So I like the ceviche. I've uh, never see, tried that. I'm going to try me it. Either. My go-to is the croquetas out in, in center field. So that's that's where you can mm. catch me. At the Isla Canarias, yeah, I'll get the croquetas. And I, think my wife, I think my wife got the ceviche one time. And I remember she came back to the scene. I'm like, where did you even get this? But I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that one down. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, good. yeah try it. Um, it's pretty good. Um, is, I had a year uh, go-to beverage. Ah, uh, go-to beverage. Um, if I'm there or, as a fan, are you it's trying not to get in trouble? Nah, okay. if I go as a fan, it's, it's yeah. traditional. I just get my beer and I'm good to go. As a fan, um, yeah. as a fan. Okay. Yeah, of course, as a fan. Uh, if I'm there just on a regular <laughs> day, um, I don't know. I'm kind of a traditionalist. I like just 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 the normal stuff. Lemonade's good there. I get that sometimes. That's my go-to. You know, yeah, uh, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a traditionalist. So as a fan, I get a, I get a beverage, a adult beverage, a beer usually. Uh, if I'm there as a as a member of media or otherwise, or if I'm not in the mood for a beer, I'll just get a uh, a nice refreshing lemonade. Kind of my my go to. I'm a little traditional baseball fan. I'm, I'm old as well too, though, so that goes into it too. You, I think you're younger than everybody here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I doubt it, but we'll leave that for a mystery. <laughs> All right, uh, Eddie. Uh, well, Alex, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Please, yeah, I know if if, the, if you're listening to us, you probably already know Alex and Fish on Farm. But regardless, Alex, give you the chance to go ahead and plug your stuff just in case anybody's watching that hasn't already followed you. Yeah, sure. So um, my stuff is at Marlins Miners, but I work very closely with um, with my partners over at Fish on First. We have a very good partnership together that started this past year. So moreover than following Marlins Miners, if you want to follow Marlins Miners, please do so. But please follow Fish on First. All of our reporters, we got Kevin Brawl, Isaac Azut. Noah Berger, Danny Rodriguez, Eli Sussman, all these guys are fantastic, fantastic people. 
Um, they are m- at more Marlins games than I am at. I am at a lot of minor league games. They do Marlins games. We usually have somebody at every game doing game recaps, getting stuff from inside the locker room. So please follow all of those personalities. They are great people. We got some really cool updates coming up actually very soon to the website, fishonfirst.com. So check out fishonfirst.com. We'll still be at fishonfirst.com slash farm for our reporting. Kevin, of course, contributes there a lot as well as are our other personalities. But yeah, please follow all the fish on first guys. They're all great. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. What you guys are doing is awesome. It's a great podcast. It's so awesome to see how you guys have kind of burst on the scene with podcasting. It's awesome. So um, I really, really enjoy you guys' show. I never miss one. And I'm, it was a pleasure to be a part of one. I appreciate you guys having me. No, we, we appreciate you jumping on with us. And everybody that's watching here also is on to support you. Uh, Bretton, any final thoughts? Are you going to be at FanFest next Friday? Uh, I am not. And uh, it's loser. my wife's birthday. And I said, hey, why don't we spend your your birthday around a lot of like really good looking guys and you get to meet <laughs> one. Maybe put your arm around a guy. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, let's go to Marlins Fan Fest. And she said, no. <laughs> yep. I get, so I, 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 I will most likely not be there unless I can sneak out, sneak away for an hour or two, maybe. All right. So you won't be there. Callie, final uh, thoughts. Well, I don't get asked if I'm going to Fan Fest. Well, I know you're going to be there. No, I, I actually won't be there. Oh, um, what the hell? Yeah, no, I. He's uh, gonna be at Orioles Fan Fest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I have. I have. Unfortunately, have something I have to do. But I was gonna go. I can't go anymore. But uh, final thoughts. Um, Alex, the work you do is amazing. Uh, the work the entire Fish on First team does is amazing. You, you guys really kind of set the standard for uh, Marlins coverage and all that stuff. So, and we're, you know, you're a great resource to all of us, and, and I'm sure you know just about everyone listening mm-hmm. agrees with me so just thank you for thank sure. you for taking a time on a thursday night to come hang out with us for for a little bit and tolerating our non our tomfoolery and all that stuff but uh <laughs> but yeah aside from that um hopefully next time we we meet on here we have a little more to talk about maybe something happens something That's, anything anything, like, you know, anything. get you some know. top yeah. prospects back we'll see so we'll see <laughs> Uh, but yeah, again, appreciate you guys having me on. I really, really enjoy the show. It's been awesome. Uh, thanks for having me again. 32 episodes. Keep it going. You guys are doing a great job. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, we Thank appreciate you. you. And if you are listening on audio, we appreciate you sticking all the way to the end. Please leave us five stars, comment, review, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please leave a like, a subscribe, comment, whatever you want to do. And for those of you that join the chat, as always, you guys are the best part of the show. We appreciate you joining us, hanging out with us for almost an hour. And until the next one, have a good one.